This week on the Club Cave Fade Podcast, we talk Lucha Underground, the season finale, and possible follow-ups. Sasha Baron Corbin debuts on NXT. Miz has a great Miz TV thanks to Cesar Owens. Characters finally coming to their own. ZZ is actually reverse Bray Wyatt. Eva Marobot. Stardust is a real-life supervillain. Green Arrow is going to be on Raw Monday. Roman Reigns cuts a good promo on SmackDown. Say what? Rusev is still a highlight. All this and more head for your earballs right now, as well as the Adam Sandler School of Acting taking over. Enjoy the show, everybody, because here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Club Kayfabe Podcast. As always, I'm Pat McDermott, joined alongside by Dan Peck. Christ. Seven years of college down the drain? Might as well join the fucking Peace Corps. And Chris O'Malley. Yes, thank you guys for tuning in. This is episode 114. That, of course, was Dan Peck's quote from National Lampoon's Animal House, this week's Talking Talkies, also available on the Giant Media Ball. Giant Media Ball. It's like this giant ball of media. Without the fleas. No fleas guaranteed. So we're hitting episode 114. This was a pretty loaded week for wrestling. And we're going to kick off the show with the non-Pat McDermott portion of the show because, unfortunately, Pat does not have access to watch Lucha Underground and did not get to see Ultima Lucha, which was the season finale of Lucha Underground. So we're going to kick it off with a somewhat pay-per-view review for Ultima Lucha. Because it's as pay-per-view as they're going to get. Yeah, see you guys. pretty much. <laughs> well, as Dan said, if I tried to put this in my top ten, it would be like seven or eight spots. So... All right, we'll talk about the matches, and we'll talk about the storyline at the end. First match on the card, although there was apparently a $100,000 battle royal that involved all the people that weren't booked, won by El Mariachi Loco. Oh, that's funny, because he's one of the um, uh, he's one of the Disciples of Death. Him, yep. Ricky Mandel, and... Uh, oh, God. Uh, and Arhenis. Uh, Arhenis is the other yeah. guy that's... Yeah. Barrio Negro. One of them was the former crew guy, right? I don't think so. Okay. I mean the um, one that got bitten in half by Dario's brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. All right, so the first match at the gate is Alberto El Patron versus Johnny Mundo. And Johnny uh, Mundo was wearing a Shawn Michaels pants. Yep. It was a standard singles match with a couple of outside-the-ring spots. Exciting stuff that you would expect from these two. And Johnny Mundo gets the win after Molina debuts in the temple. And the best part is that they they hyped her up so hard without once mentioning WWE. So I'm going to give them credit for that. But but Matt Stryker's like, if you know your history, you know these two are pair-bonded. And I'm like, if I know my history, I'm pretty sure they, like, broke up three times since they debuted. But, okay, here we go. So she helps Johnny Mundo to victory. They have a makeout session. And then Alberto attacks him afterwards and then spanks her in the crowd. And it's funny. And Johnny's bleeding all over the place. All over the place, yeah. Bleeding everywhere. All right, really good opener. The next match is the... Cero Miedo match, or no fear. And that's no disqualification match 
which is this is basically the hardcore match. It's Pentagon this Jr. The, this is your CZW light tube match. Pretty much, yeah. It's Pentagon Jr. and the returning Vampiro, who's dressed like the Pope. Which is probably this is probably the only way the match could have gone without it being just a total shit fest. Because right. it's like Vampiro hasn't wrestled in like ten years or whatever. Right. So it's like here are some tags so, and here's some light tubes and this is how we'll get your excitement factor on. And Pentagon Jr. defeats Vampiro, and then he calls to his master to ask if he's done a good job. And, and his Vampiro <laughs> and his Vampiro answers. Yes. And the best part is when it gets really quiet in the temple, you just hear somebody in the crowd go, "Ah, crap! It's him." And it was. And Dan was right. Dan called it. And it was a really, really stupid storyline transition. I'm sure it'll be interesting for the future, but it was just really dumb. Fucking called that shit months ago. Yeah. Then you get your uh, your seven-way match for the Gift of the Gods championship. And this has... This has all your all your somewhat big stars that are going to probably feud over this. Aerostar, Bengala, Big Rick, King Cuerno, Jack Evans, Sexy Star. And the victor is Phoenix, which, if you've been following the storylines, they pretty much called that one from the start. Because he was the guy who got screwed, he got hurt, then he came back and did his little hero's welcome. Um... They teased it was going to be pretty much all these other guys at some point, and you got interference from Delavar Davari and Marty the Moth Martinez, which are like those big stars that weren't actually booked. So they worked them in anyway for storyline implication. My favorite part is that Jack Evans is the guy still working the indie style because he's still like screaming at the ref and just screaming at shit in general. And it's just like, LOL, you're definitely indie. Nothing against Jack Evans. But he comes across as an indie guy. Even though he wrestles almost entirely in AAA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really good match. It's um, kind of a cluster, but a cluster in a good way because there's a lot of stuff going on and it never gets too much. I also like how Aerostar jumped off three, store, three stories from the ground and made the British dude flip the fuck out. Uh, good match. Phoenix has the Gift of the Gods championship, which is the equivalent of the Money in the Bank briefcase, with the only exception that he's still going to promote his title match. And if he doesn't do it soon enough, Dario Cueto will make him defend it. Pretty, Yep, and he'll actually have to defend that title. So it should be a pretty interesting concept. Speaking of Dario Cueto, somewhere in here, there's the whole storyline. Yeah, because with Black Lotus and... How this place isn't safe anymore. I want to talk about that at the end. Yeah, yeah. Do the whole storyline. Uh, first, let's talk, now we have the Blue Demon Junior versus Tejano match, which is extremely short because Chavo Guerrero interferes. Because something had to get shortened because they only had two hours for all this. Yeah. So they shorten the match with the guy who's legendary and can't really wrestle that well anymore. In that really weird, like we're doing this for Mexico match, but the crowd isn't that into it because it's. We're not in Mexico. We're in L.A. <laughs> so, like, I, I give them credit for going with it and also shortening this match. Of all the matches that should have gotten shortened, this was the one. But it was still just kind of like, eh, I just don't really care that much. So, like, yeah, Chavo runs in and helps Blue Demon Jr. Yeah, which didn't really make too much sense from the previous storylines, but whatever. 
So that'll be more storyline implication for season two. Which there is a season two. Which we better friggin' get after the way this ended. And then that brings you to your main event, which was definitely the best match on the card. Prince Puma defending the title against Mil Muertes. And yes, Mil Muertes defeated Prince Puma, became the Lucha Underground champion. And the storylines just went crazy for the end of the show. Because basically, um, Dario Cueto has to flee the temple. And he flees with Black Lotus and his brother, who's... Because they freaking kill the Mexican guy that trained Black Lotus. Yeah. She, like, kills him. She, like, snaps his neck in the jail cell, so he releases her. I love how he does the whole thing in a tuxedo, like he's going to make an appearance in front of the live crowd, but never does. And so um, they, they go into hiding. Yeah, so they're going into hiding. Phoenix is fo- is following them, and then someone's following him, at which... He, I guess you're supposed to assume it's Tejano because of the cowboy hat, but could be anybody. Probably somebody but, new. Oh, but the, the cool part is like the last like eight minutes of this show is like the end of the movie where everyone goes their separate ways. Yeah. Uh, Sexy Star has been kidnapped by Marty the Moth, and he says, now you need to meet his sister. And I just like how he's doing his little his little weird moth thing with the light hanging overhead actually made him look sinister. He also tied her up like a damsel being tied to the train tracks, which I thought was pretty funny. I wonder if his sister is supposed to be a cheerleader with Melissa, because she worked dark matches for Lucha Underground. Possibly. Uh, Drago and Aerostar say goodbye to each other, and then Drago like takes... <laughs> they do like that, that weird movie thing where Drago flies off in a burst of fire, and then Aerostar flies off... With his like, rocket a, boots. With his rocket <laughs> boots. But you, know, you don't actually see it happen, which is why it's amusing. You just in the background, you see light and you hear sound. <laughs> yeah. And of course, uh, Pentagon Jr. wants to know what's next with his master. Where do we go now? And he's like, somewhere dark. Ooh. Darkness. So and they're going to uh, stay in L.A. <laughs> his son of Havoc and Evie are going for one last bike ride. Oh, he talks to Enelico. He's like, we got to get those titles back. And he's just like, whatever. It takes off on his dirt bike. <laughs> got to go motocross now. And then forget so have it goes over and it's like, sup, babe? And she's like, oh, just get on the bike, you dick. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this better get a season two because it was friggin' awesome. I'm I, love, I love how he he's riding bitch seat. Yeah, that's ladies. the best part. <laughs> he's a bitch sitting ass hoe. So oh, now, yeah, yeah. who else? Did anybody else have stuff going on in there? Uh, I'm trying to remember if there was anything else. I think we but covered the most of it. Big thing is Dario walking away as he begins to look like Satan himself. Satan. Oh yeah, it's Satan. Satan, Do- actually, Doctor Satan, Mister Satan, Doctor Satan, Doctor Satan, Doctor Satan. Yeah, it was really it was a really cool way to end the series, and I there better be a season two because it was just so good. Hey so guys, well it's a done. season, so you can fucking binge that shit. It's over. Yeah, you can. There's 39 like, episodes, but you can like, totally binge a, it. Get a hold of it and binge that shit because it's worth it. It's good. It's really really good wrestling. I saw an article this week. Uh, I read a bit of it about how Lucha Underground has kind of changed the face of what wrestling is with their one season. And uh, I think that's kind of cool that they're 
their brain is more like cinematic, theatrical style to it instead of the raw, gritty feel, which unfortunately WWE kind of found a way to make raw and gritty not feel raw and gritty on their show Raw. Yes, but it's a different. It's a different style. Like it really WWE works thing. for them having that, right? Because they got the, they had the time to do put all the production in. Yeah, they had a definite going to place where I think like WWE is like, well, we know exactly what we're doing with these three guys and everybody else. So what the fuck? With WWE, it's always obvious there's a camera there. But Lucha Underground records it in a way that there is no camera there. You're just seeing what's happening. That's actually one thing I always gave TNA credit when they did their candid stuff. Because that made sense. But WWE doesn't have to change anything because there's nobody to compete with them. And their stock price went up a bunch in the last week. And Vince McMahon is now a billionaire again because of it. Well, programming's actually been better, so... And apparently subscriber numbers went up a good amount, and that's why the price went up. <laughs> All right. So, speaking of other good things in wrestling, let's talk about my top ten. Before oh. we do, well, wait, wait, wait. before we do though, I gotta kill. I gotta talk about something that uh, pissed me off this week and happened on NXT. Remember how last week I said that uh, Dawson and Wilder got good momentum by going over Enzo and Cass, and it made sense. Yeah. Well, this, this week, they fell to the Hype Brothers. I don't get Skype. <laughs> I stay Skype. Yeah. All right. Zach, so, of course, Skype. Zack, Zack Ryder is a main roster talent, which means he should be putting these guys over. And even Is he, he a main roster talent? Yeah, good sure question. And, of course, he's teaming with Mojo, which he just he's just so weird looking. It's he's almost a, like the, he has a pyramid. So Dawson and Wilder are actually getting like, you know, they're getting their tag team music, they're getting exposure and everything that looks like they're actually going to start pushing them, and then they fall to these guys. And even though they they do the post-match attack spot, it's still kind of like, uh Like, you just went over Enzo and Cass, and now you fell to Mojo and Ryder. So that means Mojo and Ryder are better than Enzo and Cass. Uh, I guess they're just trying to establish the fact that there's several tag teams that could be in contention. I guess that's where they're going. Yeah, but if you want to put the focus on these guys, you know, it's not like they already got over on their own like the Vaude Villains did, where now they can lose matches and still still be good. Like, the Hype Brothers don't have to get over because they, the fans, for some reason, already like Mojo, and Zack Ryder's a main roster dude, question mark. And he's already popular, so it's not like they absolutely need to, needed to go over here. But it is what it is. He's a main roster guy in the way that Tyson Kidd became a main roster guy, where he went back to NXT, had for, such for a fanfare. year. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, wait, wow, he's really talented. And then he got injured. Pretty much. All right, now we can do the top ten. Number ten. All right, so... I didn't have much to say about TE and TD this week, so I kind of lumped them into one spot, and I just want to talk about a couple of quick notes. First of all, Rosa Mendez is prego. We haven't gotten to that point on Total Divas yet, but I'm sure we will soon. I I bet you we won't until next year. Yeah. Oh, uh, Dan, what does that mean, by the way, if Rosa's prego? Oh, oh, what she meant. I mean, she loves to fuck. Yes, thank you. (laughs) All right. um, So the whole point... The whole Total Diva storyline this week is based on 
everybody going to England and how Paige pretty much hates all high society stuff and thinks Nikki Bella's fake because she grew up on a farm and used to work at Hooters. And it's kind of like, well, I like doing this now because I can do it. Thinks or knows? <laughs> no, she knows. And they, Nikki, I, Nikki Bella's fake because she likes things and has fake. It. Because she's materialistic. Pretty much, yeah. Well, they bring Paige to tea time, and she's like, this is stupid. I want to go have fish and chips. So instead she goes to a club with Lana and Naomi, and she's like, now that's more my style. And then they're going to go into Lana mode, which we don't actually see what that is. Lana mode! My favorite part <laughs> My favorite part is that Lana doesn't speak at all, and the one time she does, you can hear her trying to keep the accent going for kayfabe purposes, but then she's like says something else that's clearly not in the Russian accent, and it's like, alright, they're going to pretty much ruin this character pretty soon, but... She's CJ. Yes. Uh, the other storyline that's really... I love well, how that show is like half in kayfabe and half out, right? Because they don't even they call a bunch of the girls by their gimmick name, are they? Like, yeah, they don't Trinity, Ariane. Yeah, they don't call her Cameron and shit. Like, yeah, so but, then, but then Eva Marie, which is not her real name. Is he or Alicia Fox, they always call and her. And the Fox. Bellas are, are Bella. Our Bellas, they're not Garcias. Not Garcia Salas or whatever. Yeah. The other, the other storyline is that Alicia Fox is still in love with Wade Barrett because they dated for two years and then broke up. And I've always said it would have been really funny if he ended the relationship by saying, Foxy, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. But he they doesn't do for that. for two years? Yeah, but then we also meet then, his... Then he became his, racist. Racist Wade. Or he's like Kurt Angle. He actually is in the gutter slugs. Race Barrett. Yeah. yeah. But the 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 best tough or best total diva storyline was Eva Marie's side storyline this week, where she does a photo shoot and shows off the bruises she got from wrestling, and all these people start commenting on her Instagram about her boyfriend beating her. <laughs> <laughs> And I still love how she has zero personality at all. She is – it was funny because I was having this discussion with my wife about Eva Marie versus Cameron and why Eva Marie is my least favorite instead of Cameron because I hate both of the ways they came into WWE. But it actually comes down to personality because at least Cameron is a spitfire. Eva Marie is a friggin' robot. Even on the reality show, when the girls are showing better personality than they do in their promos, she's still a robot. It's just, I think that's just the big thing that bothers me, hey, is that she's she all robot away, everything. doesn't mean you can make fun of her like that. Jeez. She's all robot everything. All robot everything. Yes. Alright, so I want, let's talk about my tough enough notes. Um... Apparently, the brain trust in WWE is so incredibly sick of ZZ that they're trying to sabotage the show to get him off. But because him and Sarah are fan favorites, they're not going anywhere. And Sarah dominates the fan vote again when she's in the bottom three. Gigi was to be eliminated, but Paige used her save on her. So we got rid of Chelsea instead. Despite the fact that Miz said he was going to put Amanda in the bottom three because he said, after I saved you last week, I didn't want hotness to go to your head, and it did, so I'm going to put you in the bottom three. And then he immediately changes his mind and does it to Chelsea. So Miz, as two weeks in a row, has proven to be the worst possible judge. Hold on. Do you know what ZZ's, what I would make ZZ's gimmick if he came up to WWE? It would be 
retarded Bray Wyatt, because that's what he is. He just says stuff that makes no sense, but it's all the opposite side of the spectrum. He's like, I'm peanut butter and this is jelly, man. You understand what that is? That means we go well together, man. You realize he's going to get super over doing something like that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, retarded Bray Wyatt. You mean regular Bray Wyatt? Losers. Yeah, it was actually what he was saying. The fact that the the fact that the bottom three were three girls, and there's four girls left, and the one girl that should be gone wasn't even in the bottom three has is pretty much destroying the show for me. They all want Josh to win because of the Yeti thing. Well, Undertaker everything I keep on hearing about when he got that Sarah tattoo, he already knew. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Well, now he's got another Sarah. Now he can replace McCool with Sarah Lee. Good thing Sarah doesn't have an H at the end. No, this one does. (laughs) Why did I get that tattoo? This one doesn't actually. Oh, this one doesn't either. (laughs) Where's my backstage mafia tattoo? (laughs) God. All right. Let's move on to number nine. Number nine. All right. Now, this is going to involve an NXT segment that involves a dude that went on an undefeated streak for a really long time. No, 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 not that dude, not Gay Biker Man. This is Bullfit. The continuation of Bullfit, where now he's got, like, voices in his head screaming at him about how he's overweight, and he can do it. And then he dominates, and he flips the tire. And it's all good. It's a good segment. It's going to get him over. You know, not- Did you see, like, everyone was, like... That was in the gym where the people that like don't go get on the NXT. Yeah, they're all like the they're all the prospects, pretty much. Yeah, I think it would have been cool if it was like the tough enough kids, you know. That actually would have been cool. To they were encouraging bull, but then it would have been weird because right, like because it would have been like, wow, those three people have been eliminated since this was <laughs> yeah taped so. pretty much. So, yeah, um, when it comes to guys with undefeated streaks, this is the guy I've been looking for. The guy whose undefeated streak was destroyed by Gay Biker Man. I like how he's suddenly not fat anymore because he can lift weights. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of Gay Biker Man, he also appears on NXT and is not in my top ten because he's friggin' useless. Aw. Uh. Baron Corbin. Ugh. All right. We don't need to talk about Baron Corbin anymore, do we? I don't know. I think Baron Corbin should change his gimmick. Yeah, what do you have about. in mind? Uh, he should like come out and be like, uh, my jacket is not black. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's what I'm talking. He's going to be Sasha Baron Corbin. No. No. And like whenever dun, he dun, would do dun, his dun, finisher, dun, he'd be dun, like, dun. very nice. Oh, my God. <laughs> You, that's the only way Baron Corbin could get over with me, too. And I'm not even that big of a Sasha oh, Baron. Oh, man. You would just need dun, sound dun, bites in the music, right? Dun, 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 My wife! Dun, 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 dun. Insert other Borat quote, I don't know. <laughs> and then allergy stuff. Check this out! I got some main uh, man! Oh my god, they can f- you form a tag team with Kofi Kingston. You can go back to being Jamaican. <laughs> and then Mike Adams Check Lee can it. be the manager. Me, it's me, he is with me, main man Kofi Kingston. <laughs> Mike Adam Lee can be the manager. Oh no, that's too ja- far. Jamaican that's a line. crazy, Kofi. 
Dude, Sasha Baron Corbin would be an awesome gimmick. <laughs> he has to just yell, <laughs> yell my. So nice. <laughs> oh man, that's like, you guys just found a way to get Baron Corbin over. I'm impressed. Uh, I've never. The first time I saw Borat, I actually thought it was really, really funny. But then, like the next time I saw it, I was like, "Uh, there's too much male nudity in this movie." And I like that's those movies like that in Bruno, right? It's like funny the first time. I haven't seen, I haven't seen that one though. But afterwards, it's like oh, the shock value is gone. Yeah, yeah I, I I've liked him in his other stuff, like in Ricky Booby. Is when he's playing. By the characters. way, I watched the Highlander. It was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you, Ricky Booby? Yes, Sasha Baron Corbin. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Oy vey. All right. Next thing you'll be telling me. My is not black. Next thing you'll be telling me how to get Mojo Raleigh over is have him do the Adam Sandler voice where he talks really low like this and then gets really loud like this. Oh my god, he should totally do that. Whoa. Oh, man. Mojo Sanders. Oh, man. All right. Next, number eight. Number eight. All right. I'm putting this on the list. I know it's low, but even though I really did enjoy it, but I'm only putting it low on the list because it was more of the downer, and that was the Piper tribute video. I have to acknowledge it because of how extremely well done it was. I mean, it's it's very sad. But I like how everybody's dedicating everything to Piper, including Ultima Lucha, which was dedicated to the original Ruto. Yep. So that was pretty cool. Um, it, it's it's unfortunate that you have to even talk about a tribute video like this, but much like their Dusty tribute video, it was done extremely well. It brought out all the feels. Great and, moments they put in the video, too. Um, yeah. And, and they didn't skimp on uh, getting... I guess they had to get permission to use the footage from They Live, you would assume. So I was glad they got that in there, too. Yeah, so I don't iconic. think he has, like, an executive producer credit on that one. No. But Darren Aronofsky is a wrestling fan anyway. Or not Darren Aronofsky. What's I his name? I was going to say John Carpenter. John Carpenter is a wrestling fan anyway. Darren Aronofsky is also a other. wrestling fan. He is, yeah. They're all wrestling fans. So John Carpenter wasn't going to have any issues with that. I was yeah. thinking of other wrestling movie. I got them crossed in my head. Yeah, Vince doesn't have any executive producer, Craig, because he actually Piper was gone from the company at the time he made that movie. He does have it on No Holds Bar, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let, yep. Don't forget that. Yeah, but that's because I think that actually is a WWE film. It's like it was like the prototype to the and studio. Uh, and the Scorpion King and um, the other what was it the Mummy Two Mummy, Electric Pikachu Mummy Returns. Yeah, and um, and Walking Tall, he had an executive producer credit on. Um, yeah, I'm sure he did every time when he was just The Rock in the in a movie. That's the reason why he went back to Dwayne. So Vince McMahon didn't get a cut every fucking time. Yeah, more money. Let's see you get over as your real name. I'm still oh, the shit. same person. <laughs> yeah, I'm still the same person, Vince. Oh, shit. We uh, created you. Oh, no, we need you. Get back here. Yes. We need you to save WrestleMania 27 because it's going to be awful. Crap, the Dwayne is going to show up on Impact. Oh, crap. WrestleMania 27 was awful despite The Rock's appearance. Oh, you mean The Rock's stand-up? His stand-up comedy at the oh, yeah. WrestleMania 27? 
Oh, terrible. God, like, Rock, I love you, but this is fucking WrestleMania. Get to the fucking show. Yeah, it was terrible. Y'all, terrible. y'all got a really cool stage this time, but could we get to the show, please? And then the show was kind of poopy. Ha <laughs> ha! All right, number seven. Number seven. Getting back on track to good things this week. The Divas Revolution continues with two matches on Raw. First, Charlotte and Becky go over the Bella Twins, and then Paige goes over Naomi. The Submission Sorority. The Submission Sorority, which their name is already being dropped because it's used by a porn site who sent Vince McMahon a thank you basket for getting their traffic up. But the Divas Revolution continued with two awesome matches, and they're definitely making the right decision here. Unfortunately, the rumors say that any push Lana was about to get from this storyline is going to go to Eva. So the Divas Revolution will be over very soon. As soon as they bring her in to do it. (laughs) Pretty much. Hey, guys, I'm here to inject you with a little red personality. Way. Whoa, Jeff Hardy's coming back as Eva? Yeah, oh my god, that would get Eva Marie over so much if she did a Jeff Hardy gimmick. She was already bleeding out her eyeballs during her photo shoot on Total Divas, so now she just got to paint extra eyeballs. It would always look like she got a picture taken, though, because they'd be red eyeballs, right? All red eyeballs on my red eyeballs? That they can talk about how she gets beaten. It looks like a because the whole thing was like, it looks like a handprint. Uh, She's got handprints on her hands. I have handprints on my hands. They're called I've, my hands. I've got bruises on my bruises. Actually, Jeff Hardy has way too much character for to pretend to be Eve Marie because his voice goes up like this when he gets really into hands. And oh, God. He, he went to the Adam Sandler School of Acting. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he did. Hey, I can I ask you a question? Like this. Are you down with PCB? You know me. <laughs> And that's what they're calling them now, Paige, Charlotte, Becky, PCB. Sounds like a drug. It really does. I thought they were they were saying they were going to call them the Submission Sisters after that, but I guess they just yeah went with PCB. Yeah. Well, I like um, Ref Matt's observation that Charlotte is blonde-haired, blue-eyed, referred to as genetically superior, and is in a stable whose initials are SS. <laughs> Wonder who planned that one. Yeah. <laughs> Nazi Vince? I don't know. I'm not supposed to be on the show anymore because I offend people. You offend one person whose opinion doesn't matter. Because he's black. I didn't say that. No, it was clearly Vince that said that. Of course, it was clearly Vince. (laughs) No, but he's he's trying to insinuate that we're telling him that that's the reason he can't be on the show. Of course. I know the reason why he... No, I'm flat out saying it. The only thing that could possibly be worse, Vince, is if you were racist and you were so egotistical that all you did was post vines of yourself shirtless. Yeah. Raci- racist? Are you sure he doesn't do that? He I, might. Uh, I took racist- my selfie with a shirt still on. <laughs> Racism and egotism are two qualities that do not go well together. And if you have both, I'm not interested in being your friend. Sorry. You have either of them, I'm not really interested. (laughs) Yeah, really. That's true, too. But no, we're actually racist because of racist Vince, according to one person who listens to the show. Who who completely misses the the show, maybe. Oh, well. No loss there. You can can just join the Hey Man group of ex-listeners. 
Oh, wait. I'm a never listener, man. I was going to say. I, I think I was a never listener. Or, no, you know, he, listens, he listens to Talk and Talkies when it, we review a movie he likes, but he never, he will not listen to this show so long as you're breathing, Patrick. <laughs> hold on. If I hold my breath for a few seconds on the show, will he listen? Oh, it's time to tune in. And then, and then Pat, you got to come back with a boogeyman quote. All right, I'm listening now. Fuck you, Antonio. <laughs> uh, all you guys do is bury me. Um, well, that, that's like other people who, through hearsay on the show, say things were mentioned, but they don't actually listen to the show, and then they say they'll never listen to it. You were never going to be a listener anyway, so who cares? If you're not listening now, you're not going to be a listener. Like, if you know we've been doing this for 114 episodes and you're not listening, you're never going to be a listener. And you know what? We're in 114 episodes. We're at that point where I don't care anymore. But you know what I do care about? Six other good things that happened in wrestling. Yeah, that's right. Number six. Bailey's your number one contender. Almost. So she beat Charlotte in a really good match. And she went to Regal and asked with for a super stuff. Bailey to belly. Yes, I also like how she did it in like that really nervous fangirl way, where she's she's like a little kid asking for permission to go outside and play or something. And he's like, "Well, how about this? If you can beat Becky Lynch, I'll give you a shot for the title." And at first, he's like, "There's another girl who wants a shot," and I'm like, "Oh crap! It's going to be Dana Brooke. It's going to be Dana Brooke. It's and then Dana Brooke's going to win, and it's going to be Dana Brooke versus." Sasha Banks, and I'm like, and no, she's gonna no. beat her because Sasha needs to drop the title now. <laughs> yeah, like, no, 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 no. And then it's like, oh, Becky, oh, thankfully, that's it's gonna be Bailey. That means Bailey's winning, probably, most likely. <laughs> Which is the right thing to do, by far. It's not fair. The field gonna be on the main roster and end champion. Yes. All right, let's get to number five. Five golden gimmicks. All right, and now to conclude NXT this week, let's talk about Samoa Joe versus Rhino in the main event. This was such a good match, and my favorite thing about it was that they actually did a tale of the tape and acknowledged their history without acknowledging their history. They're like, yep, these guys have been wrestling for a long-ass time. And have wrestled each other before. They have had tons of championships. We're not going to tell you what they were. But around the world, they had a lot of championships. They were yes. both TNA world champion. <laughs> they were both Mr. Black. I'm sure they want that muffled, though, too. I'm sure they do. Joe got screwed. That's why he left TNA. Right, he kind of put all his eggs in that basket, and for years they just misused him. And then they push him, and then they de-push him over and over again. They even, like, misused him at first, right? He went on that big undefeated streak, but, like, every pay-per-view, he would, like, lose for some bullshit reason that would make him still technically undefeated. Yeah. But he would still fucking lose. <laughs> I think it was... Even Angle said they, they rushed the Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle match. He was like, yeah, I just came in. They're like, you're going to face Samoa Joe. He's like, can't we build for a year to that? Yeah. Like, the match itself was, like, one of the best matches of the decade, but... It, the buildup was crap because they rushed it. Oh, well. Aye, aye, aye. Well, it, it was the same thing when they did uh, Flair versus Bret Hart at uh, <coughs> in WCW, like right after Hart debuted. It was like uh, like two months after he came in the company. And they're like, we have to do this right now. And even though the match was friggin' awesome, 
the buildup sucked, and then they killed the feud cold turkey. Because, guess what? They were getting over more than, like, Kevin Nash was. So, oh, we can't have this. Getting over more than Kevin Nash? You can't be more over than the Booker. Get the he's, fuck off television. He's big and he's sexy. And he knows it. And he is a daddy and he's cool. It's a cool, and, sexy daddy who's big. And he plays Vegas and the Emerald City. And Super Shredder. Indeed. And a Russian guy that gets pasta, boiling pasta thrown in his face. And a stripper that apparently is in the sequel. Uh, man, Kevin Nash's career is awesome. All right. Anyway. I know for a guy that had, like, little ability, he did pretty well, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Made the right friends. The only thing WWE has not done right with Samoa Joe thus far was his first theme song, which sounded crappy. <laughs> sounded generic. But now they increased it to the more, like, Godzilla-sounding, you know, like, dun-dun-dun-dun. Oh, you mean, like, they're going to play Brain Stew with Godzilla roaring in the background intermittently? <laughs> be awesome. Oh, my God, I remember that. It's that just terrible. a song, and then Godzilla, ah! of course. Godzilla. All right, now number four? Yes. I was just going to say, it could have been worse. They could have put the Godzilla screams in Hideo Itami's theme song. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I see a Godzilla movie where Godzilla attacks Tokyo, and they're like, no, not today. There's a New Japan show. (laughs) Oh. All right. Um, Number four, believe it or not, Miz TV made it to the number four spot. And, of course, it has nothing to do with Miz himself. It's well, most must-see interview program. Yeah. I, I will give him credit. His uh, his small tribute to Piper was great. And he really did hype it up really well for the Cesaro-Owens encounter. But it was the Cesaro-Owens encounter that sold this thing. This is by far the best promo that Cesaro has cut since he debuted. I know, like, he's never really known as being much of a promo guy, and he's even admitted he's not much of a promo guy, but I think he did a friggin' phenomenal job playing off of Kevin Owens here. He, he's working with the right person for that right now. I mean, the the Cesaro-Owens feud is one of the highlights of TV, and I think it's going to be a highlight <laughs> match at SummerSlam. It will. And it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a Pat comment without a pun in there somewhere. Exactly. Cesaro-Owens. Cesaro-Owens. Yeah, um, and neither but, of them speak know, English as their primary language. <laughs> no, but they did it well here. I, although I did enjoy Miz do, be, doing like that that child instigating the fight between two people, where he's like sitting there with that huge grin on his face, watching them about to go at it. Yeah, it, it's weird because Miz is kind of um, he's not necessarily a heel right now. I feel like he, especially uh, paying tribute <laughs> to Piper, it kind of felt like he was kind of more of a tweener in this. And then they they brought back to the heel where they both just tell him to shut up. Um, yeah, but, but you know, I, you know a, what's working for Miz? Miz works best when he's putting other people over and not himself. Right, right. He works well as a cowardly heel. That's not what your mom said. Oh, the worst Miz promo ever, which is saying something when it Where comes he to the Miz. The loudest for his own joke. I don't know. I still like when he had to remember the phone number for the diva search votes. 
and he wrote it on his arm and then still botched it. It was like his debut promo. Oh, uh, yeah, back when he was host, Miz, and he just hosted things. Yes. And he hosted SmackDown. Yes. They. Oh, Miz. But Cesar Owens is going to be a highlight of SummerSlam, full show. Yeah, um, I, I really like how over Cesaro is getting. And I, I saw on Twitter a lot of hashtag walk Owens walk. So him saying that is actually getting over. It's getting over, yeah. And it's working because Owens is playing off of that perfectly. Where he acts like he doesn't care what anybody thinks, but in reality he's still like backtracking to try to make himself come across as tough and superior, and yeah. that's perfect. It's it works so well for that character. No, he's playing he's playing such a um, a calculated heel. I, I really yeah. enjoy it. He's calculated. He but he's he's calculated in his cowardice, which is what's working so well for him. It's making him a very despicable heel. Like, he's getting to that frustrating heel point where you're like, oh my god, dude, stop being such a fucking coward. And that's why he's getting over so well. So friggin' good. Speaking of excellent things that happened on Raw, let's move on to number three. Number three. Raw ended with an awesome main event, a six-man tag between Orton Ambrose and Reigns versus Wyatt Harper and Sheamus. And they didn't do the obvious, which was make Harper be the guy who took the fall. Sheamus actually took the fall. And the whole... Your sequence, money in the bank, winner. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. You'll never but the whole, you have a brief the whole sequence of the match was great, and the buildup was even better. How Sheamus appeared in like the dark room with the Wyatts and talked about how the, the enemy of my enemy is actually my friend. And, like, oh, yeah. they embraced the friendship, even though it was still rocky. Like, they didn't align with themselves, but they, they Some did. Some alien versus common. predator shit going on yeah. here. So, just for the common enemy. It was great. So, yeah, uh, Seamus' best promo in his career was talking for the shortest amount of time of anybody in that Wyatt promo backstage. Right, but he actually came across as, like, a dark, brooding individual by yeah. proxy. It worked. No, it's exactly. Dark. What are you talking about? Dark. <laughs> uh, he's gonna make he's gonna make my contrast on my TV go terrible with this Mark Henry match. L O L O L O L O L. What do you mean Losers. that's racist? No, it's not. Wow, could you imagine the rage of a back of him watching a backstage promo with Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper, and then Sheamus walks into the scene as well? Oh, uh, I wish I could have seen his comments, but he didn't comment on anything that happened. And, and then they're facing Dean they're Ambrose. Facing, they're facing all of his least favorite people. Uh, Orton's a good worker, but uh, he's just he just looks so dumb all the time. And then Roman Reigns is just not ready for anything. He should be sent back to developmental. And Dean Ambrose has a dumb dirt face. LOL, 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 LOL. Should be yeah. sent back to developmental, yet this was the guy that he loved in The Shield. Yep, he was the only guy that was ready when The Shield debuted. No, he's not. Nope, he's not. Cause, well, he's he's backtrack guy. Remember, he said that Piper was the best talker of all time and Jericho would always be number two, despite the fact that he pissed off an entire indie locker room by saying that Edge was the best talker of all time. He doesn't know what the best of, or worst of all time is. He's the epitome of hyperbole. Hyperbole, dog. That's my Asian friend. <laughs> hyperbole. Good lord. Well, idiots aside, the main event was awesome. Which brings us now to the top two. Number two. All right, this is something that did not happen on Raw. It happened after Raw, and that was the Steve Austin podcast 
with Paige. And I've heard some people hating on this on the internet, being like, it just wasn't as good. And it probably wasn't as good as the Vince and Triple H ones because Austin doesn't drill them at all. And, like, I get that because there's not really that much to drill with Paige, but... You, oh, there's a lot to drill with Paige. Oh, LOL. But, man, she got she got so into her history and her passion for the business and why she acts the way she does on Tough Enough. She's like, why am I taking all this heat? I'm the only one being honest. And she's right. She's ripping apart the contestants on Tough Enough because they deserve to be ripped apart. And because she knows how hard she had to work to get where she is, and she yeah. thinks they should work just as hard and being on a reality show. I could see how that offends someone to be a judge on that show and have worked so hard their entire life. Yeah, and... And you're getting handed like, to it, someone. It, just, it makes total sense. It really does. And I gained so much more respect for Paige. I loved hearing her history. I loved hearing her business passion. I lo- absolutely loved... Um, I absolutely love the fact that she told the story from Daniel Bryan's book, which involves her family, about how he uh, he showed up at a show and two English guys were killing each other, and he's just like, oh, this is just how it works in England. After nobody picked them up from the airport, and she's like, he doesn't mention it's my father and brother, but it's totally my father and brother. She's much. She's a big talker, too. Like She, she talked really fast, like she was kind of nervous to be talking to Austin. And then she's like, I'm not trying to kiss your ass, but I'm in love with you, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, it was a really good to interview. Kiss your ass, it, but I'm trying to suck your dick. It proves why Paige is really like the best diva on the roster right now. Like, as soon as AJ left, the void for best diva went immediately to Paige, and this is why. Well, I mean, and that was kind of the point <laughs> of their feud together, too. Like, AJ was setting her up, probably knowing she was leaving anyway the whole time. Yeah, she probably she probably had some say in that. Hey, I really want to work with Paige. I want to put this girl over. She's the future. Hell, she put her over in her Raw debut when she took the Divas title from her. Craziness. And, of course, guys, that leads me to number one. Number one! In a match that I personally feel, if we had a category for television match of the year... This would easily be a candidate, if not the winner. And that was Seth Rollins versus Neville in the opening of Raw. Really which good. Which was yeah. so freaking good. And what made it so good were the false finishes. Because they actually made it seem like Neville won the title. but And the only reason Seth got his foot on the rope was because of the way Neville rolled him up. And that was such a great spot that just stuck out in my head as being incredible. And you could hear from the crowd... How over that spot got when they all this reacted because they thought happened. Neville beat him. I, I also and liked then, the promo leading to this match and where Seth laid out the qualifications and everyone's like, oh, it's obviously El Torito is the only person who meets that criteria. And he's like, LOL, nope. Didn't they even tease it with the Olay for a second? They did. They played the music and then it just stopped and then uh, the pizza oven ding went off. Uh, yeah, he still doesn't like Neville. Because he think he he says he's booked to look too superior against already established talent. Come on, what are you even talking about? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Don't worry, we got a little bit more to talk about with him in a second here. But uh, I just want to talk about how amazing this match is, how how awesome the Neville thing is going to be. And I know Pat had a highlight he wanted to talk about, which was Stardust promo. Ooh, yeah, I have a couple actually. Well, it, it's. 
two notes, really. But yeah, um, did you want to talk more about Neville, or can I get into that? No, you can talk about Neville. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm I'm good with that. I I love the match. Um, I'm happy with the way it's going. But uh, well, you're going to talk about the Stardust thing, which ties into Neville. Yeah. So. So before I even get into the Stardust thing, I happen to notice that there's a lot more people giving their all in promo. So I just want to go over a list of people who I think have picked it up a notch. And most recently, um, Roman Reigns, he had a really good promo to open SmackDown this week, and um, you know, going back and forth with. Um, Bray Wyatt, oh, I think, is all oh, you that baby a lot. girl said I wasn't ready. Time to prove you wrong. Rusev, Rusev has picked up his promo and character ability. I feel like characters are finally starting to be defined again because sometimes when you watch WWE, it just feels like their their characters are not amplified at all. But Rusev's come out into his own, and Summer Rae has found a really good role for herself as Hot Summer. Uh, the New Day. Oh my god, these guys are hilarious. And Xavier Woods, I think, is is kind of the star. But but uh, Kofi and Biggie have some good lines too. Uh, this week, uh, outside the ring, uh, primetime players bring down Mark Henry, and they cut a promo backstage with him. That's really good. And those are two other guys I've been really on their game promos. The primetime players lately, and uh, <laughs> so they cut to Big E because. They're like, oh, we have a we have a partner take on the new day, and it's Mark Henry. And Biggie's like, oh my god, just retire already, just retire. <laughs> and I, I love how Biggie's sermon preaching character is now like it fits perfectly into that gimmick, and it doesn't seem outlandish or anything. It's just hilarious. Um, but the, those guys are all amping up, and I think yeah, the biggest is definitely Stardust because not only losing his father and wanting to put his all into this gimmick, but I think he legitimately loves what he's being able to do right now, like being able to interact with a TV star who's involved in a comic book TV show that he loves. Um, but there was a promo put up on WWE.com talking about uh, being in the gimmick, and Michael Cole actually talking to Stardust in in the star room, and uh, talking about how he's, he's trapped in the character. He's like, you know you're really Cody Rhodes, right? And... Stardust is he's so into the character, much like when he had the um, the face mask and when he was dashing Cody Rhodes. This guy just works so well getting into the character and what it's about. But this is taking it up to like another level because he's starting to be that guy who's creepier than Goldust was, in my opinion. Because he's he's believes he's a Goldust real, like, was like, am I figit? Yeah, am I figit or not? Stardust and, is like, am I completely insane? Right. Yeah. Is, right? is me super villain? Um, <laughs> but I, I like his his new motivation <laughs> for the feud is uh, Michael Cole goes. Uh, lately, you've been talking about Stephen Amell. He's like, his name isn't Stephen. No government identifies him as Stephen. That man is the Emerald Archer, the Green Arrow. So he believes that he's masquerading as Stephen Amell, and he's really the Arrow. I can't wait to see where this goes on Monday. I'm so, so excited. Awesome. Yes, because special guest on Raw. Green Arrow. S- Stephen Amell. Indeed. Good stuff to sleep. Steve Enamel. <laughs> yes, Steve Enamel. Enamel. Steve Enamel. Steve Animal. But yeah, sh- that should be really good, and I'm, I'm glad that they got somebody who's actually passionate about He wanted to host Raw for so long, and now they're giving him this actual angle to work with. Yeah, so. it's like, you know what? The wait's worth it, right? Yeah. Before, he would have just been like, hey, everybody, watch my show. 
Watch Arrow. Um, here on Raw, uh, the main event tonight is um, Blah Blah Blue versus Blah Blah Blee. See ya! Right, and now there's actually a storyline, and we don't know where it's going to go. Is it going to be a match? Is it going <coughs> to be Neville in, like, Stephen Amell in Neville's corner? Where, where is this going to go? It's pretty cool. Hey. Cool. cool stuff. So, so watch somebody, that video. Uh, it's on WWE's YouTube as well. Yes. So excuse me if you hear me typing right now, but uh, somebody just wrote that page is unsufferable on Tough Enough. It makes it almost unwatchable, and I'm calling them out for being wrong. Cool. <laughs> All right. So I got to tell you guys about uh, this week's Troll Truth, of course. As you guys may have seen if you are friends with me, IRL, Facebook, but uh, also if you are not – if you have not blocked or are not <laughs> blocked by Hey Man. Oh, yeah. He I has see been, any of this. He has been rewriting WrestleMania history, and he wrote five notes, and I'm tagged in all of them. So you can see them as long as you go to my page. Maybe you should rewrite his resume instead. Yeah, no. So what WrestleMania would you like to hear that he rewrote? What WrestleManias do you have? Do you have all of them? All 31. Oh, my God. I want to hear a really good one and hear what he does to improve it. And I want to hear a really bad one and hear what he does to improve it. So you want to hear 27. And um, and 17. Yeah. Let's hear 17 <laughs> and 27. All right. So 27. This one needed to be changed almost completely. Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan gets on the main card, and they actually get more than three minutes to wrestle. Kane and the Big Show win the tag titles from Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel in a squash match, replacing the eight-man tag and making sure there's at least one title change at WrestleMania. CM Punk beats Randy Orton instead of the other way around. Snooki is removed from the show, and instead we get a regular mixed tag. Wait, so who did he even keep in that? Oh, Michelle McCool with Layla instead. Um, the Intercontinental Championship is defended in a six-man match, giving Wade Barrett a much better WrestleMania match than what we got, and giving him his biggest win to date, as well as getting Christian, Jack Swagger, and William Regal a major WrestleMania match. So, if, if he likes you, you're getting over, and if he doesn't, you're, you get but nothing. Just because you're in a six-man match doesn't mean you get a major WrestleMania moment. It could be a cluster. It yeah, could be a well, mess, and it could be forgotten. Not the way I'd book it. Jerry Lawler beats Michael Cole, and the feud ends here, rather than continuing for months on end. The Miz versus John Cena still goes down the same way, with The Rock interfering and Miz retaining the title. But now the show ends with Edge Del Rio, as it should have, and the fans get sent home happy as Edge retains the World Heavyweight Championship. And Edge cuts the greatest promo of all time to end the show. Yeah, that he's retiring. Yeah, <laughs> so bad. I knew all along that I could have died during this match. <laughs> <laughs> But I wanted to main event WrestleMania and go out as the champion because I'm selfish and a prick. Yeah. So basically, here's what he does. He re he reorganizes the cards so all the important matches are together, claiming that none of that filler crap is in there, completely missing the point of wrestling booking and why you put filler where you do, which I've explained to him numerous times, but it just doesn't sink through his thick friggin' skull. So I've given up on that. Do you know why they put Divas matches between the two main events? To give the crowd a rest. Remember when they didn't do that at WrestleMania 20 and it went friggin' Eddie Angle to Taker Kane straight to the main event? Were you tired? Because I remember being distinctly tired from that. 
Yeah. Um, well, filler I mean, is a necessity for wrestling booking from indie to WWE. Shut up. You're wrong. Hey, man. It's going to be weird soon because the Divas matches have not been filler. So <laughs> they haven't been filler for like a year and a half, but yeah. whatever. There's still people <laughs> well, that think it's the piss break. So that's OK. Uh, whatever. Because that's OK, because Eva Marie is going to debut soon and ruin the Divas revolution. So. I love how she's had one match in her NXT comeback, and they're already like, here we go. Come on up. Oh. <clears throat> and then for 17, you'll like this. Even though I don't agree with the assessment that WrestleMania 17 was the best of all time, personally, I feel the next three were all superior. There's not a whole lot I would change, as it's a very solid show. He tweaked the match order and then changed Undertaker versus Triple H to false count anywhere. That was it. Which is essentially what happened anyway, because the referee was knocked out for like 20 minutes. And they were all like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, why would it need to be false count anywhere if the pinfall, st- it still occurred in the ring? Why would it need to, why would it need that stipulation? Because oh. 90% of the match took place fighting in the crowd anyway. Oh, because you're an idiot. Right. Right. So let's let's put a stipulation on a match because a lot of it took place in the crowd, but we'll still have the finish take place in the ring, but we'll call it falls count anywhere. He did he did three things I ended up agreeing with in all thirty one WrestleMania's. <laughs> he did three things. That's a great I track record. With. Yeah. <laughs> One he, every ten he put, years. He put Savage over Hogan at five. He moved Warrior Savage to the main event of eight. And I think he also did that with the flare match instead. <clears throat> the Flair Savage match, and he uh, he didn't end the streak because he was able to book his own extra storyline that way. But the bad thing about not ending the streak the way he did it was he made the Miz undefeated at WrestleMania, which means he's probably building towards his own Miz versus Taker match where Miz will end the streak, which is so much better than Brock Lesnar, right? Right, it makes a lot more sense. Um, so. Here, here's my problem with with all of the with all of the history you changed. Did it did it affect the future WrestleManias at all, or were they still the same cards? Because nope. The only thing that it changed was anything that Big Show, Edge, or The Miz did, <laughs> because those are the guys he kept putting over. Wait, so at WrestleMania 24, please tell me Edge won. Oh wait, no, he didn't win. Taker no, still won then, right? Win, but he didn't. He wasn't in the uh, he wasn't in the previous years like Money in the Bank, so he could still be undefeated. And he was he had like seven wins by that point. He's like, I also changed another one, so Edge won. That way, when he did face Taker, even though it should have ended here, it doesn't, and it makes more sense. So, so taking all this time to write all these out, like, what does that do? I don't understand what the end goal is to prove that you could write better events. I don't, I don't know to, 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 to redo. <laughs> to redo it so that everything makes sense to him. I don't know. It just seems kind of useless and a waste of time to me. Well, there's the perfect definition of him in general. So, <laughs> so yeah, guys, go ahead and check those out. Waste of time, so say goodbye. <clears throat> they're they're embarrassing. And oh, you know what? Let me let me just tell you what he does to WrestleMania 31. You'll love this because because even though he told me. That this was the best WrestleMania in years after he said it was the worst booked WrestleMania, the worst card in the last like 13 years. Then he ended up loving the show. Kane replaces Luke Harper in the ladder match. So Why? the first thing he did was he took Luke Harper because he doesn't like Luke Harper. He threw him into the Andre Battle Royal to make him filler. 
but the whole point of having Kane in the Battle Royal is Kane and Big Show were both in it. Nope, 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 because it's not the way he wants it. He put the tag team match on the pay-per-view, otherwise it stays the same. All right. Mizdow versus Miz is added to the card, and he actually put Mizdow over by handing Miz his first WrestleMania loss, which was a big deal for him. Uh, the Divas tag match was changed to a fatal <laughs> four-way. Goes mild. The Divas tag match was changed to the fatal four-way, so that way Nikki could retain. Rusev retains the U.S. title, and he does so by making Cena tap out, of course, because that's the only way that would work. And then Triple H versus Sting remains the same, but he moved it up the card to semi-main event. <laughs> because of all the things you should have changed... But no, he he loved the fact that Triple H went over because he said, that's right. Sting doesn't get to just walk into this company he's never worked for and get a win automatically. He has to go down to the most superior heel of all time. <coughs> Fuck you. Wait, he didn't go down to Antonio. I know. <laughs> well, I've, I've had enough about <laughs> this jackass. Dan, why don't you give us some more jackasses? All right, this week we look at who are the top ten funniest superstars in WWE history. Wow. Funniest? All right. Is Santino in there? Uh, the picture is of Edge and Christian. Uh, <laughs> I'm a number old. 11. <laughs> the picture was Edge and Christian, I believe, Mick Foley, and then Santino. There you go. That was the picture. Uh, but here can we hear some comments. John Cena, and also is funny with crazy dissing other superstars. And also is funny. Crazy dissing other superstars. I got to agree as poopy. Suck on these nuts. Roman Reigns should be number one. He is a joke. <laughs> oh, man. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Santino Marilla is the fanniest. <laughs> sure is. Edge, Santino Marla, Edie Guerrero, Daniel Brain. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if these people are doing this shit on purpose. Well, Daniel Brain got a concussion. That was really bad. And our last comment is Wrestling isn't supposed to be About being funny SMDH <laughs> I wrote that <laughs> It's supposed to be super serious All the time I don't understand the need for comedy spots Uh I also like how in our Club Kayfabe group, Ellis Homeless, found this article about the top ten superstars who will not get to the main roster in NXT. And the default picture is Sami Zayn, which is like it's already over. And it's like Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, Hideo Itami, Enzo and Cass, Bailey. It's basically – and then Alan Craig summed it up best. He's like, so basically this guy thinks the whole fucking roster won't go anywhere. Yeah, pretty much. I was going to make a joke that Antonio wrote that, but I can't because he doesn't actually watch NXT. Here's who won't make it to the main roster. All so, of them. So why do you have the WWE Network then? Why do you pay your nan 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 and not so you watch, watch pay-per-views? Pretty much. 
And then he puts them down anyway. And he goes, oh, it wasn't worth the money. Wasn't worth 10 bucks. Wasn't worth 33 cents for that day. Fine, go give it to a homeless guy in Newark. (laughs) (laughs) Dad, I know you remember that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. (laughs) He wasn't really deaf, you idiot. He, he was the ball, idiot. <laughs> Good lord. Good lord. All right. Uh, well, let's move on to our favorite part of the show, then. And that's the congratulations of Melissa Hatfield for graduating. Yay! Uh, graduated. Yay. Graduation. Nope, no game this week. Good night, guys. Oh, wait, here's John Cena to tell you. Your degree is pooping! <laughs> Which is pretty much true in this day and age. All right. Open up the floodgates. Let everybody in the room. It's time oh, no. to play points or buried or folded or frozen. Yeah. <laughs> or terminated or erased or. Oh, yeah. I've been speared or one shot only. Ooh, ah. Save it, it, Roman. Save it, save it, save it. Yeah, you're good. Okay. All right, so this game was inspired by the life-changing announcement for good old Rosa Mendez, who announced that she is prego. Made me think about what other type of life-changing announcements that some of these wrestlers could make. So what I asked you guys to do was to choose a wrestler, and I enforced the one-and-done rule. And I said, have them make a, a shocking life announcement. And you did, big time. So you guys ready for some shocking life announcements from the wrestlers? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I have to be. All right. Then here we go. Robocop announces he is coming out of retirement to challenge the Terminator at WrestleMania 32. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, man. Arnold is over there. He's ready. He's ready. (laughs) You ready, Arnold? But I'm going to have to give that points. Oh, God, if I freeze it first! <laughs> no, no, you can't freeze it. Then what if I tried to terminate it? Well, you can't. You have to wait. You, you're booked. You're booked in a match now. You have to terminate the RoboCop, not Dylan Mewshaw. But is it for the IC title? Ooh. It's triple threat. Oh, with the Terminator gosh. and Mr. Freeze? Oh, he, he would be a... He would struggle with himself. He wouldn't know what to be. Ew. Is he masturbating now? Mr. Split Personality? He's struggling with himself. That's a masturbatory reference, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Arnold, it's okay. If you can't figure out to freeze or terminate, you always have a third option. I could erase. (laughs) I could could kindergarten cop. What the fuck would that be? I could kindergarten top. It's not a Tuma points. <laughs> yeah, he just he just removes Daniel Tuma's points. Aw, Daniel Tuma. All right, good job, Dylan Musha. Points for you, even though your entry just got majorly fucked up afterwards. But hey, it happens. All right, here's your next life changing announcement. Big E Langston decides to split the difference at four. Oh, uh, what? That is major life changing. <laughs> that, that gets points. <laughs> Jason Cantwell points. 
Wow, he he was able to. He did. He really did. But three still wasn't enough. (laughs) Not. (laughs) He decided to split the difference. All right. It really was Gene Snitsky's fault. Hell, son, I'm just going to fold that one up real nice and pretend it didn't exist. Aww. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Fold said so. That's the laundry line, right? I was thinking of uh, when I used to repair microphones. Oh, yes. Thankfully, you haven't done that. All right. No points to you, Don Mario. You've been folded. Wah! All right. Next life-changing announcement. Roman Reigns actually shoots blanks. (laughs) So there's... (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's that's getting cringies and regular points. Oh, man. 150 to Siobhan. And no no Gua, at least yet. (laughs) Not yet. He's, uh, He's holding on. He's making the comeback. Gross. Yeah, he is. All right. Next one. The Undertaker is, in fact, actually alive. Uh-oh. They figured out. Speaking of which, there was that article this week about talking about him coming back as the biker. That would be the best. No, it wouldn't. Oh, it would be so good. It didn't even say it. It was like, <laughs> it was like maybe big evil Undertaker coming back? And I'm like, you didn't. You don't know that he's called Biker Taker? <laughs> yeah. Just like the people that refer to Mark Lesnar as Brock Lesnar guy. Yeah. Like, no, he's, like he's you, your name Lesner. is Mark Lesnar. Yes. He's Mark Lesnar. You've done it now. Oh. You've gone and ate his birthday cake. Uh, he's been alive all this time. So, yeah, it's, considering how many times he's been buried. Um, <laughs> No, no, he's not getting buried. You're just you're thinking of all his old match types. He's getting points. All right, Andrew Whitaker points. All right, next life changing announcement: Ryback is actually full and doesn't want to be fed more. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Finish it. Let's give that points too. Of course, it's a Ryback joke. Ellis Holmes points. All right. Xavier Woods announces that the new day has the same day every day. Can I make a suggestion? Yeah. This is CJ's entry. Oh, F, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So let's let's hold that paper up. Yeah, I'm going to F in spirit. So it takes a front bump. Oh my oh, god, the paper took it wrong. I'm gonna f and spear it again. You're getting <laughs> this epic. It's a double f and spear. <laughs> oh man. Wow. So so he got double f and speared. Double and f and spear. And front bumped both times because he was already falling forward. Of course. <laughs> All right. Here's your next life changing announcement. DDP announces that DDP yoga did not work for him, reveals real secret to health and wellness of Stacker 2, cocaine, and vodka. <laughs> oh, God, I gotta give that points. <laughs> Glenn Cookin points. Oh, Stacker 2. Uh, oh, with, the bees. Uh, when Triple H spit out the bees. 
With Polly Walnuts and Trish Stratus. Oh my god. Uh, the bees! Not the bees! Oh, the bees. <laughs> and then Jericho. Don't you want sugar free? Now it rage raspberry. Oh man, I can't even deal with that. As he referred to it as his sellout, corporate sellout lyrics. Yeah. Oh man. All right then. <clears throat> Here's your next life-changing announcement. After all these years, The Rock admits he doesn't know how to cook. <laughs> oh wow. That's why you kept on asking if you could smell it. <laughs> I have no idea if it's done or not. Can you smell it? Uh, yeah, points. Points to Matt Awesome. He asks, do you smell it? And then he wants to know if you smell it. Oh, man. But it doesn't matter if you can smell it. It really doesn't. <clears throat> He's doing something wrong. All right, next. Jeff Hardy admits to needing glasses painted for his eyeballs painted on his eyeballs. <laughs> Now, are the glasses painted on his glasses, or are there glasses on the eyeballs on his eyeballs? <laughs> does it really matter at that point? <laughs> or does he have eyeballs on his glasses that need glasses painted over the glasses? Oh, God. This, this is amazing. <laughs> I want him to paint contact lenses on top of his glasses on his eyeballs. Contact lenses. <laughs> God. Yeah, this gets this gets points. Yeah. Matt Hardman points. <laughs> Alright. Next. <clears throat> Paul Heyman announces his candidacy for president immediately following the initial GOP debates. His plan to outline his policy during SummerSlam. Aww. I would make I would buy SummerSlam for that. I'm gonna give it points, I think. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. It's timely. That's Joseph Meyer's entry. Points. All right, next. Steve Austin prefers wine over beer. That's the bottom wine. <laughs> That's the bottom. He only goes for the bottom shelf. <laughs> uh, but, the, but the entry itself isn't that funny. If only there were someone... Oh, my God. Do you see all that wine on the floor? Oh, there he is. Oh, I'm swimming in the wine. Oh, oh, you're Don Wested. Oh, oh Austin wow. got John West. Don West. Oh no, he's face planting in the wine. He's not. Oh, straight down in the wine. Ah, I'm drunk like a fish. Ah, my leg is oh. better though. Oh God, but now he's face down in the wine and he's not moving. <laughs> there might be a problem here. Uh, Hunter, can you go ahead and just, uh, bury that, please? Oh, with pleasure. <laughs> You're buried, Don. <coughs> oh, the dirt! I'm swimming in the dirt now. Ah, uh, dirt no, nap. Sorry, Austin Butler. You know Triple H would probably bury Don West in real life anyway. Ugh, you guys remember that horrible commentator? Good thing we got Mike Adamley. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for Triple H versus Don West at WrestleMania next year. And then Antonio can complain about how Don West doesn't deserve to have a victory over Triple H. Of course. It's going to be great. All right. Next is, uh, I, I, I keep wanting to call him Uha Nation, thanks to you assholes. Oh, Uha Universe? Yes. Well, Uha Nation asks Roman Reigns to be his mentor. 
God I mean, damn. Apollo Crews. Oh, so he wants to, he wants to go from ooh-ahing over a nation to ooh-ahing over a universe, and he needs Roman Reigns' help. <laughs> exactly. What? Wait, what is he now? He's what is it Apollo, Apollo Crews? Apollo Crews. Yeah, which is a really cool name. It's not bad. Apollo Creed and Terry Crews. But I'm I'm terrified at the ooh-ah connection that this person made for their entry because. <laughs> What if he turns into Apollo Cruaz? <laughs> oh my god. Apollo Cruaz. Uh. Wow. Um, I, I think it's funny, so I'm going to give it point. Oh my god. No, 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 uh-oh, uh-oh. no. It's good. Uh, ooh. Ah. Oh man. Ah. Adrian. Adrian Cotton, enjoy those points because you just got white walled. Um, I, I think I, yeah. that makes it now like just as many times it's been a positive <laughs> ooh, uh, as it's yeah, as a negative. Yeah. All right. Uh, Vince McMahon doesn't really have grapefruits. He just gets a really bad reaction to Viagra. Yeah. I get it, but. Uh... It's not that funny. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have the ability to bury anything or or or, or any of those things. It's, but his son-in-law does. Yeah, but I uh, I'm still busy burying Don West. I got to take a little break here. Oh man, there's a lot of dirt to cover Don West. <laughs> oh, God. Usually you just do like two shovelfuls, though. I know, but this is Don freaking West, okay? Yeah, usually he's just burying a piece of paper with an entry on it. Well, this was the this was the first start of the. Biggie countdown, so you got to make it special. I'm a, I'm gonna look at that camera over there too, and then look <laughs> oh, at this God. one. Um, that's great because we don't have cameras here, Hunter. Uh, anyway, yes, I'm going to step up as uh, as Vince's friend, and I'm going to freeze the entry for him. I'm going to freeze the grapefruits. Oh, great! All right, Joe Mad Dog Needle, your grapefruits have just been frozen. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Are you ready for your next life-changing announcement? Yes. The Great Kali announces something, but nobody has a fucking clue what it was. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You get points, person. <laughs> Matthew Anderson points. Yeah. You get down under points. <laughs> which, which reverse to zero. Which, which is zero, zero, one. <laughs> oh. We should do that. <laughs> All right. The next one comes with a quote. I guess nobody could tell the difference. As Linda McMahon announces she's been dead since 1995. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that was Dan Dahl's entry. Oh, God. That was a good one. Wow. <laughs> Linda McMahon's a zombie. All right. <laughs> Inspired by his old Rent-A-Center commercials, Hulk Hogan announces his new business venture, Rent-A-Brother. Are you, are you literally renting... Are you renting black people? Is that, is that why people... Is that why you... you know what he means. <laughs> we all know what he means. Well, it's not slavery because you're renting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's technically okay. From right? him. From him, the owner. Yes, of course. 
I, I think Hogan needs a rental brother service right about now. Yeah, I think he does too. He, he's been posting pictures all over social media of like, look at all my black friends, brother. I know it's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's my black friend Brian Nobbs, and no one's like, here's my orange friend Hulk Hogan. <laughs> if I had a picture with Hulk Hogan, I'd be posting that. Um, yeah, let's, let's give that points to Joe Kalia points and your final entry this week, your final life changing announcement. Rikishi pushed Owen Hart. He did it for the rock. <laughs> oh God. With his car <laughs> at the top of the fucking, uh... he's, he's got his car in the rafter. <laughs> I did it for you, rock. He's like, what? Owen was nowhere near where I was on the card. What the fuck? <laughs> Rikishi, are these accusations true? I'm a bad man. <laughs> as soon as you ask him if the accusations are true, of course he puts on the hat and the glasses and just dances. <laughs> conveniently out of the way. Put a little ass on it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that gets points. That was Jason Shin's entry. <laughs> wow. Good lord. All right, so who's your winner? Um, I'm going to have to let Dan decide because my two choices are that and Dan Dahl's entry. Linda McMahon? Uh, All right. Linda McMahon being dead, Rikishi pushing Owen Hart. Uh, the Rikishi one, it came out of nowhere. It came straight out of nowhere. <laughs> All right, then. Well, so Shin gets the victory. And with that win, Shin is now your leader in wins for this game, which is funny because he's not first place in points because he misses so many games. Uh, imagine if he had played every single week. He could probably be destroying Ellis Holmes right now. But now Ellis Holmes is only going to be 50 points up, so uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. But Glenn and Dan Dahl are right on his tail, too, so this is going to get interesting. And Siobhan's up there, right? Siobhan's number two. Yeah, that's who Ellis is holding off by 50 points right now. 50 points at a potential ooh-ah. Siobhan. Has anyone been multi-ooh-ah'd yet, or has it been a different person each time? I don't know. If you have been multi-ooh-ah'd, can you please post in the comments and let us know that? We're not keeping track of that sort of thing because it's gross. Because that means you're going steady. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 something's going steady. God damn it. All right, guys, this was fun. Remember, Points or Buried is our weekly game on this show. And if you have a suggestion for a fun idea for a game, anything we could make puns out of, anything we could tie into wrestling, and it doesn't have to necessarily be wrestling-related, just something that could result in a lot of really funny entries being very creative... Please suggest them to me. Send me a private message via the Facebooks. I am always open for suggestions, and I will always try to make them work, especially if they're time-sensitive or relevant to what's happening. Dan Dahl had actually suggested a game after Taker came back and did his interruption during the main event. He's like, how about other things that Taker could interrupt that would be inappropriate? Unfortunately, it's not really timely anymore because the Hogan shit happened, and I ended up going with that instead, but... (laughs) But, you know, things like that, like if something 
if something like that comes up and you think of something, by all means, suggest it to me. I try very hard to use everyone's suggestions wherever I can. So, by all means, do that and uh, enjoy wrestling. There will not be any lucha next week, sadly, but we'll be back with the usual stuff. All right. That's the end of uh, another exhilarating show, huh? Can I make a bold prediction for next week's show? Yeah. That your your number one favorite thing in wrestling will involve the Arrow on Raw. Well, unless Arrow is on Raw and then he takes off his off his mask and he's really the Ryback. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, that would be my number like ultra one favorite thing. You just killed that whole segment for me. Thanks a lot. But yes, that will probably be my number one thing. Or you know, I I, I just really I'm excited for it. I think it should be a good time. Yep. All right, then, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Where are my contacts on my eyeballs, on my eyeballs, on my contacts, on my glasses, on my...